Hey. Hey. Welcome to this week's episode of the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And dear 13th Floorier, we apologize for the tardiness in this episode. I guess you're getting a two for this week because we're going to release our Christmas episode today as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, Alex and James both became ill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. James, <laughs> uh, how were you? It wasn't too bad. Uh, just a couple of days of a sore throat and uh, sinuses. That's the big thing. Ugh. Alex had bellyache. I was pooping yeah. a lot. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, nobody wants to think about that. No, and you guys, I've been telling Alex for years, don't eat gas station food. And guess what? After 10 years, you finally work by, by the way, this sounds like a bit, but this is actually what happened. Just so you guys know, he really does eat like a possum or a raccoon. Or <laughs> some other kind of scavenger. 10 years you finally got one i know but i know i got one right i told you you know it was coming it was coming (laughs) and this time it was brought on by a a taquito at qt thing that i think okay is gas station food it has a time and a place like you know if you're it has a time and a place but alex likes to frequent the qt sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he really likes it but when I think about it, it's just like, I don't know who could have touched this taquito before me. No one's me. touching the taquito. That's what you, you, how do you know that? Because you can't touch the taquito. I don't, oh, it's on a little roller, isn't it? You don't just grab the taquito, you grab the little thing. You grab the little tongs? Yeah, you grab it. What if somebody took the tongs and licked them? Alex, okay, this has happened. Alex is, when Alex's <laughs> little cousin, or I guess older cousin, was little, she stuck her hand in a vat of ranch dressing <laughs> at a golden corral. <laughs> Think about that, Alex. All the little children picking up face. the tongs and licking them, face. and then t- you touching the taquito. Not a buffet. Wow. This is this is it. Okay, I I guess I want to know how a many. Buffet. Everyone scoops out of the same bin. <laughs> you grab your taquito and you go. <laughs> yeah, you really go. <laughs> you and go then... all week. No, that was probably the corn dog. It may have been undercooked. Who knows? Oh uh, well. It was a good chance. It was, on the, it was on the line. Like he says, like, oh, the items behind here are Amazing. still need more time. I'm like, that one looks like it's pretty good. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't know I, that I, part. No, I picked the one in front of the line, but maybe they placed it at the wrong spot. You know? Listen. I can't remember, Alex. Are you covering Luke or Kukulain? What are you Ku- covering? Kukulain. Okay, Kukulain. Yeah, I guess that's a good uh, transition into our was it a good topic. It, it wasn't a good one, but listen, I'm tired <laughs> of talking about how you, you had a, a tummy ache for three days. What are we talking about today, James? We're talking about Irish mythology. Irish mythology! And this topic was brought to you by our amazing patron, Anna B. Anna, thank you so much for requesting Irish mythology, because... Listen, I work for an Irish company in my regular nine to five, so I feel like I have like a good handle on some Irish things, but I learned a lot of new things mm-hmm. in the process of researching for this topic. Interesting. That's all it takes. If you work for an Irish company, you know everything about them. Yeah. 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 Osmosis. <laughs> Osmosis. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, you guys, I have an icebreaker because today I'm going to be talking about leprechauns. And one thing that leprechauns are known for is granting wishes. If you catch one, they grant a wish for you so that you'll let them go. So if you 
If you caught a Jokes lot- on them. I wouldn't let them go until they just kept giving me wishes. And then I just keep letting them think I was going to let them go. Alex, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. You're going to have to wait to hear my topic yeah. before you say something you're gonna, like yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to sorely regret that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what would you guys wish for to try and get from a leprechaun? Ooh, a leprechaun? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's got weak magical powers, so I wouldn't ask for too much. I feel like he couldn't pull it off. See, that's your mistake. That's your mistake, Bay. Yeah. The last thing I want to be holding on to is a small, pink, red-haired man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. The, the, what? Oh, the pink just ruined it. It was like a... Oh. Um... Man, I, I, well, you know what I would like to do, because, you know, they live in a world where time moves differently. I think it'd yeah. be fun to, to go there because it'd basically be like time travel. You spend a week there and you come back to, to this world and it's like, hey, it's the future. Yeah, maybe. But James, I could see them taking you there and then never letting you leave. They catch you. That'd be okay, too. How do you know that? You don't know what Leprechaun Land is like. What if you... <laughs> How do you know I don't? Oh, that, I that's true. That's true. <laughs> I know what I would wish for. What would you wish for? To not need sleep. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, that sounds awful. I used to think that. I don't think that anymore. I think it would be great to be able to be like more productive, not never tired. Alex just wants magical amphetamines. Never, never, <laughs> <laughs> never tired. You get to you work on stuff all night. If you want to watch something, you can. If you want to like pursue a new hobby, you just had tons of time to dedicate to that new hobby i'm telling you but yeah that's what i want i i used to think the same as you plebes but now i'm kind (laughs) of just on a new level i think but if you wanted to sleep would you still be able to yeah the 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 wish is that i don't need to jeez i i see so many problems with your wish that the leprechauns would just be like oh you're talking about him taking advantage oh yeah that's why i'll keep him close no i'll keep him close (laughs) You give them- and if it goes oh wrong, I'll take care of business. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I would want to wish for something simple. And it's something that I've wanted for a long time, but I haven't gotten because Alex doesn't think of me in this way. But I would want my own Squishmallow. <laughs> <laughs> I have wanted one for ages. What? I've gotten one for Alex. I've gotten one for Gwen. And I'm just like waiting for the day where they're going to get me one. Wow. I had no idea. I, I literally passed by a whole bin of squishmallows a few days ago. I said ago. it's got to be a sizable one so I can so, use it as a pillow. Don't uh, worry. Me and Gwen feel the same way. We talk, Me and Gwen talked about it. We were like, yeah. we were like, why does mommy need one? And I was like, I don't know. Like, don't we have plenty? I'm like, yeah. We've got, she wants her own. We've got two and a half is what I'll say. Two and a half. And then she goes, isn't she 34? And I said. Number <laughs> one, I'm not 34. Um, and number two, why can't I have nice things? I just, listen. Oh, yeah, you're not 34. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. But anyways, wow. I guess. And you know what I picture if I did ask a leprechaun for a Squishmallow, they'd be like, oh, this is the easiest wish ever. There's not really much of a loophole. Um, yeah, there is. What? He just gives you a naked version of him as a Squishmallow. Well, that's pink what... little. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I, 
I would ask. <laughs> yeah, wow. maybe. Yeah, if I asked for maybe a cute one, he'd be like, "Okay, wink." And then, ew, <laughs> Alex, don't ruin my Squishmallow dream. Right. Good thing you don't get to sit on it. It's not like okay. Listen, you don't have to look at it. We've talked about Squishmallows and wishes more than enough. I think it's time for us to hop on into the topic. Today, we're going to give a hearty hello to Ireland because you guys deserve it and you guys have inspired this episode. So thank you so much for being there for us and listening to the show, Ireland. So yeah. who's going first? Um, who's is, is our, yours sounds funny. Yeah. Maybe. I'm talking about leprechauns. Yeah. And what, what you've got to finish. You're the cat. Me? Yeah, you gotta end the Irish episode with the leprechaun, right? That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I I hate going first, but I should probably go first just because mine's kind of a precursor to yours. Oh, okay, sure. Go ahead, James. Yeah. The the floor's okay. yours. Yeah, go ahead. Set the I'm stage because be... I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be talking about the Fomori and the uh, Tuatha de Donan and the war that they had. One of the reasons why it's so interesting to me is, and this is a real word, I'm not making it up, although sometimes I feel like I've never heard anybody else say it, and that is Titanomachy. And that's something that you see in just about every, if not every, uh, Indo-European folkloric tradition, which is this idea that originally there are these primordial very alien, which I do wonder about the connections there. You could you could definitely have a field day with like an ancient alien hypothesis type stuff because you have these titan-like creatures and the Fomori are titan-like creatures and they're very alien, they're very inhuman, they're very primordial, they're very big? different. And they're- Are they what? big in size? They're Some of them are huge and some of them aren't. And that's, by the way, just a heads up with Celtic mythology in general, anatomy gets really weird. Like you look at uh, you look at Hinduism, you look at uh, Germanic mythology, you look at Norse mythology, you look at Greco-Roman mythology. Things get pretty familiar, you know. It's like, oh, these these deities and, and creatures—they're like us, except maybe a couple more arms. Or no, no, Celtic mythology is like <laughs> all the other Indo-European traditions on like PCP. <laughs> it's it's just it gets weird, and we'll get more into how weird. But almost all these traditions you have an instance where you've got these primitive, often malevolent old races that originally create the world or have something to do with ruling over an old world. And then you've got the new deities and there's a war and they, the, the new deities win and they bring order to the world. It's, it's very reminiscent of what happened with humanity when, you know, originally we had hunter gatherers and then they all kind of got, uh, into these structured societies with the advent of agriculture. Maybe there's a connection there. Mm. But bottom line, the Fomori are very, very strange and very, very unique. Uh, whereas the uh, Tuatha de Danann, they're a lot more human-like. They they definitely have the analogs with the, the Greco-Roman gods and the Norse gods and the Germanic gods and so on. Um, but originally... They seem to have had some kind of connection to the underworld and underwater. And that's not really that surprising because, again, there's usually a chthonic or underground kind of uh, quality to, again, what I'm calling titans. That's just what they're the equivalent of. The Fomori, it, it, it makes things easier since we are usually 
at least in, in most Western traditions, we're more familiar with the Greco-Roman myth. So the word Titan, I think, is a good substitute just to kind of get a good understanding of them. And one of the most fascinating examples of, uh, of these particular fomori is Ogma. 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 Uh, and the root word for Ogma means to cut. And Ogma is like something out of sci-fi. Like for real. Ogma is a great big towering being with a singular looking uh, eye. Or Sorry, what? I said Ogma, didn't yeah. I? Whoa, 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 yeah, sorry about that. Baylor, I'm mixing them up. Uh, oh sorry about gosh, that. Oh my gosh, James. <laughs> anyway, um, Baylor. Baylor was one of the Fomori, and he was a great big towering fella with one big eye, and everything it looked at, again, this is very sci-fi, everything it looked at would just be destroyed, like a big laser, sort of. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a flipping... Ooh. Science fiction story. Now, depending on the stories, it's often described as being petrifying, and other stories describe it as being venomous. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think we've talked about before in Greek Roman tradition, you know, the reason why people believed in cyclopses is uh, because they found like mammoth skulls. Well, it's very unlikely that any of the Celts ever found mammoth skulls. And more importantly, um, he actually has another eye on the back of his head. So it wouldn't really add up with like a skull. It's totally alien. There's not an animal in the world that if you you heard a description of Baylor, you could find some skull and be like, oh, this this is probably no. So this is not like a cyclops. This is a very different kind of uh being. But anyway, the Fomori ended up uh settling in you know this world from another world from an underworld and they ended up getting in a conflict with the Tuatha Dei which again is like the the current deities and it's a really insane kind of story where you've got uh future kings of the world itself and oh man it's just insane and and another interesting thing is uh Luke, who is like a very, very well-known deity, which unfortunately, maybe we can talk about him another time because he's a big deal. Um, but his dad was Sian of Tuatha Dei, but his mom was Baylor's daughter. So he's actually the grandson of Baylor. So even though he's Tuatha Dei, he's genetically, his grandpa is flipping Baylor. And you see that, by the way, a lot. You don't see it in the Greco-Roman tradition so much. But in a lot of other traditions, you've got intermarriages and, and interbreeding between the Titans and, uh, again, for lack of a better word, and the, the ordinary deities, the Olympians in the, in the metaphor. Now, how Baylor ends up uh, getting destroyed is, is actually by Luke. So they're fighting the, the great big war, the Battle of Magtwirid is what it's called. This is like how order triumphed over chaos. That's By the way, that's what all Titanomachy stories are about. It's about chaos, which nature is inherently chaotic, and it's about order, which civilization is inherently an attempt to bring order into chaos. So anyway, Battle of Magtwirid, the Fomori versus the uh, Tuatha de Don. Luke has that insane ability to like just destroy anything, and he actually kills Nuada, one of the the 
chiefest among the Tuatha de Don, but Lug comes out of nowhere and he's got a sling and he literally drives the eye right out the back of his head. It sounds, and there are so many parallels, so many other things. Right. So David and Goliath kind of story. Yeah. And what's really cool. I'm amazed this hasn't been turned into a movie because it feels very Lord of the Rings ish. Remember that eye is very destructive, right? So, Flipping uh, Baylor, he's he's heading the Fomori army. So when that eye shoots out the back of his head, the army marching behind him, the Fomorians are just decimated oh by that. Oh my gosh! And yeah, so I mean, yeah, it would make a it would make a great movie. <laughs> and uh, what ends up happening is after Baylor is killed, the Fomorians who survive are routed and driven into the ocean. And that's one of the reasons why I think. This this is harder to explain in words. So I hate to draw too many parallels with Greco-Roman myth, but in Greco-Roman myth, there are three worlds ruled over by three gods. You've got the world that we think of as the world, and that's ruled over by Zeus. And then you've got the underworld, and that's ruled over by his brother Hades. But then the ocean is regarded as a totally different world, and that's ruled over by his brother Poseidon. And I think that the chaotic nature, the inability, the inhospitability of the ocean has a parallel with the underworld in that it seems like a totally different environment than the land, a different world altogether. So when they're driving these underworld beings into the ocean, in a lot of respects, it makes sense within the context of, well, yeah, the ocean is a chaotic, crazy place. You can't civilize it. It might as well be the underworld. It might as well be, you know, just a very different version of hell. So I think there's a connection there. Interesting. Yeah. But it's a really interesting story. And and one of the most fascinating things before Nwata ended up being killed, he was originally king of the uh, Tuatha de Don. But, and this is something, one of the reasons I want to point it out is because you see it in every single religious tradition in the Indo-European family tree. Uh, you even see it in the... the uh, the Bhagavad Gita, I think that's the one. Might be the Rig Veda. But there, well, anyway, I'll get to it. Um, so Noada was king of the uh, Tuatha de Don, and he actually loses an arm in battle. And they make him a silver arm that works just as good as an ordinary arm. So again, that feels very sci-fi. It's yeah. like, this sounds like cybernetics. Um, but because he was fit, not physically whole, he couldn't be king anymore. And the reason why I point that out is there's, if you look at a lot of myths, including, like I was mentioning in Hinduism, Rig Veda, um, there are stories where like kings will have one eye or something or be blind or one handed and they're not supposed to rule. Like it goes against the natural order of things and it always ends badly, even though they're, even if they're a good king and a virtuous person, because they're not physically whole it leads to problems. And that's why kings can't have something like that. So he had to step down despite being physically fit and having this cool silver arm. And what ends up happening is a half Fomorian ends up being the king who replaces them. He's the first king of Ireland, and that's Bress. And another good example, in my opinion, of the the idea where how do you make peace between chaos and order? You you marry the two together. And Bress is half Fomori, half um, Tuatha. So kind of makes sense within that context. Now, what ends up happening though, is 
Noada ends up being restored to the king. And that's mainly just because Bress sucks at what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah. where I'm going with that is, is, as I already mentioned, he ends up getting killed in battle. And that, that ends up, you know, after the Battle of Mog Tuirid, he's dead. And who's left? Luke. And that sort of sets the stage for the Irish themselves who descend from the, the Tuatha to end up populating the island and, and creating the precursor to the civilization that had the mythology in the first place. Hmm. How so, far back yeah. does that go? Uh, well, we're talking about myth. So like prehistory, like this was an oral tradition way before anybody ever thought to write it down. Oh, funny enough, speaking of writing, I didn't even think of that. Um, but, uh, you know, I mentioned Ogma um, being a deity. He's actually the guy who invented Ogham, which is the script in which Gaelic was first written. So he's a god and he taught people letters. And to me, that feels very, he's Twatha Dadan, by the way, not Fomori. Um, to me, that kind of feels very Nephilim-like because that's something the Nephilim were known to do was, was teach human beings how to basically bring order out of chaos, much to the chagrin of Yahweh. Um, that, that feels very uh, reminiscent of the story regarding Ogma. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, Ooh. Alex, what are you talking about? I'm talking about... I always have to look up how I pronounce his name. Kukulin. Kukulin. <laughs> Kukulin. Kukulin. Um, also known as the Hound of Ulster. Mm. What's that? Oh, sorry, the Ulster. yeah, the Hound of. How you, what did I say it wrong? Oh, I think maybe. Oh, I I'm sure know. I did. Gaelic's hard. The man. Hound of. I don't know. Ulster. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is a a, a character from. Irish mythology. Uh, he really got his start and his name. So originally his name was Satanta. And he he was invited to this dinner uh, by this king. And this king forgot to tell the bouncer at the party that, <laughs> that Satanta was going to be showing up. And so after everybody showed up, they were like, okay, let's cut this dog loose uh, that guards our our, our little castle, the hound. Yeah. We should also add that he was a kid when this happened. Yes, yep, yep. This is how he gets his name. So he is a kid when this happens. And so Satana, he shows up to the party that he was invited to. And what is there to greet him? This big dog that had to be held in place usually by three chains. So what, like he's a big dog. What's the dog look like? It depends on what you look up. Well, some, Irish wolf some say, yeah, they say it's an Irish wolfhound, but then in some depictions they try to make him look meaner. But like an evil rabbit I Irish. I think wolfhound. I think yeah, I think Irish wolfhounds are adorable. So I don't know, but yeah, he's supposed to be an Irish wolfhound. That's correct. Um, and so you know he's there. He's de- he's defense. He's not defenseless. He's he's satana. But they get in a fight. <laughs> And he, in self-defense, he has to kill the dog. Oh. Yeah. But he does it quickly. Very, very quickly. And they were, everyone that witnessed it was impressed. Like, they were going to try to stop the fight, but it was over so quick. And there it was a ways away. Like, people just caught glimpses. 
and so when he got there like everyone was impressed and even the the the, the king was impressed and the owner of the hound was like that, that was cool but you killed my dog <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like well how about this how about i guard kulan for you and he was like oh that's pretty nice of you. That's really cool of you to do. And so that's how he earned his name. Kukulan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ham. So yeah. that's how he earned his name, Kukulan, is because it's, it's the the hound of Kulan. Okay. So that's how he got started. Things were going pretty good when he's young, right? But... Things get a little mystical in nature as his journeys continue. He's constantly challenged and overcomes these big obstacles. And there's points in his life where a lot of tragedy strikes. One of the first instances of this is when he's fighting in this big battle. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's the champion of Ulster in the war against... In, I think you said this name earlier. Med, 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 med. Uh, she's, the, she's the queen of the Canacht. And they were all having their big fight. But the thing is, is while they're fighting, it turns out Kugelon has to fight his childhood best friend and oh, foster no. brother, Ferdia. And Kugelon ends up having to kill him with a secret weapon. What's a secret weapon? It's a dart. A dart? But you laugh, but then it gets pretty cool. Uh-oh. It's a dart that once yeah. it hits you, it releases multiple barbs into your body. Oh, no. Causing fatal wounds. No. And so, and it was, and it was impossible to take out. Yeah, we're oh. not talking about a lawn dart either. It's, it's more like a spear. Yeah. Just a little shorter. Yeah, you yeah. laughed, and then you, yeah. Well, listen, when I hear the, <laughs> the word same dart. Thing, the same thing happened to Ferdia. Oh he laughed when he saw it, and then it went inside him. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> oh, my. And so afterwards, he goes, he gets married, yada, yada, has a kid. This kid is taught by his mom, like, be strong. Answer to no one. Well, he goes mm-hmm. on some adventures. He comes back home. I just pictured, like, Hulk Hogan in a dress. <laughs> All right, you little holds for me. He comes, <laughs> oh my God. he comes home after these adventures. And, and you know, Kukulan, he's just like, he's laying in bed. He's sleeping. And he just hears a noise. What does that have in my house? And he just, he pauses. He says, he's like, yo, answer yourself. No answer. And he just hears something moving around. Is it his son? Well, he dark? attacks. And they're fighting, and he kills him. He kills his son? Only to realize that it was his son, who had been taught by his mom, to not really answer to anyone. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. that is ridiculous. Just to show strength by not having to answer like someone to like you know yeah, announce yourself. Answer. I'm upset so, now. That and so yeah, he killed me. his son. It's yeah. just so sad, and, and, and his son realized. He was fighting his dad, and he missed him on purpose once he realized who he was fighting. But it was just too late. And he was dead. He told his dad, like, bro, we could have carried this flag together. 
Wow. What? Oh my what? gosh. Uh, Speaking of which, do you know who Ku Killen's dad was? Uh, Logue. It was, I was, yeah, it was Luke. Luke. And uh, one of the reasons I mentioned it isn't, wasn't just to be like Mr. Riddler or anything. It's, uh, it's because I was drawing connections with Hinduism before. He's often considered to be like an incarnation of Luke. So not only is he the son of Luke, he's also like an avatar of him, which is, again, something you don't see in any other mythology outside of Hinduism. But here it is in flipping Celtic mythology. Now, another cool thing about him is that <laughs> Kukulan, he has, I mean, he's got, he's got all these heroic things about him when he's in battle. But the coolest thing about him is he has this war spasm. He just starts shaking. <laughs> and then, in the fury of battle, he gets this almost, he gets this monstrous appearance. And he turned so lethal during the battle that he can't even tell who was friend and foe, and he just starts killing everybody. What the hell? He is the Hulk. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, he has his war spasm. He gains this monstrous appearance, and then he can't tell friend from foe, and he just starts killing everybody. Wow. Mm. Maybe an inspiration for the Hulk. Sounds like a pretty <laughs> cool guy. Um, eventually, though, like all good myths, Kukulon was killed. How? Um, so he was told that he would be, I guess, befelled by three spears. Not spirits, like in Christmas Carol, but spears. Right. The pointy things. And so, and he was, so, so one, uh... What was it? The first one hits his knee. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't. The first one doesn't hit him. For, I mean, first he gets weakened by eating dog meat, which is a big no-no. Ooh, but he has yeah. to. He's strict into it because it's customary in uh, this great nation of Ireland before it was Ireland. To the reason it weakened him is is it's called a geese or geese. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a taboo. Like you, you do something and it, it messes you up. Right. And, but it, to not, when you're offered to eat something, you have to accept it. And so they gave and him so, something he shouldn't have eaten. Yeah. And, and so they got him to eat dog meat and it made him weak. Yeah. So then he's weak. Then he, they kill his charioteer with a spear. Mm-hmm. Then they kill his horse with Ooh. a spear. And then they sure. kill... Him with a spear. And there he is, all speared up. He ties himself to the stone because he refuses <laughs> to fall down. He wants to stand up against his enemies. That's... Mortally wounded. So he, he ties himself to a standing stone because he wanted to die on his feet facing his enemies. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 And this is the stone is actually identified as the Clocka Faramore, which you can actually go find in uh, Dundalk in Ireland. So mm. it's actually a real thing. I told you he's basically like Gaelic. Superman. Yeah, and so he, uh, he was so ferocious that even though he's dying and he's almost dead, that people could only tell that he was dead when a raven landed on his shoulders and he didn't twitch or he didn't move. Now he tricked him. 
Because Lugade approaches to cut off his head. But as he starts cutting his head off, the hero light burns around Kukulan. And his sword falls uh, from his hand and cuts off Lugade's hand. So it's just like, he just like drops his sword and he cuts off this guy's hand. That's one sharp sword. Yeah. Yeah. And then the light disappears only after his right hand is cut off. His sword arm. So, Mm. pretty crazy stuff to happen (laughs) in AD 1. I would say so. The the first yeah. year after Christ's death Alex, was lit. Uh, Alex. What? <laughs> this is 81. That is when he died, yeah. This is I think this is the most excited I've seen Alex about a topic in a very long time. I I knew he would like it. Like I was confident of that. Yeah. So that that's his story. I mean, there's a lot more to it. A lot more. You abbreviated. I, that's very abbreviated. And also Yeah. Um. Yeah, me too. Like, if anything, I hope that like these stories because Celtic mythology is complicated. That was the challenge was putting it in a cohesive fifteen-minute window. I hope everybody listening. I hope this like incentivizes you to look further into it because it's a it's a rabbit hole. I also paraphrased just so you know, like he didn't actually say like yo. I I figured. I didn't know if you figured. But you know what? You also don't know that he didn't. You're right. We don't know how they talked back then. We can just assume. I just want to say. You know, you know what they say about assume. I know what they say. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> I, well, I just want to say that our pronunciations to all of our Irish listeners. I know that uh, we are butchering things, so yes. I apologize. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Listen, when <laughs> I started working for where I work now, I have all of my coworkers have names that are spelled certain ways, but pronounced ways that I would have never anticipated. So. Mm. You know, there's Yuck. there. It's it's interesting. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready? Are we ready to talk about my topic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me. Okay. <laughs> so I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm talking about leprechauns, yeah. and I got some of my information from MythusFandom.com, mm. and then also ShamrockGift.com. Oh, okay. This. So, okay. Leprechauns. I feel like most people have a general idea as to what leprechauns are because they're very popular in pop culture. Like Alex's favorite cereal over here. What's your favorite cereal? Uh, it's the old tricks before they changed the shapes. <laughs> oh, I thought, but then I like Lucky Charms as well. Yeah, I yes. thought Lucky, Lucky Charms. No, Lucky Charms are like third or fourth. Oh, okay. So there's two more in between. Yeah, I like. Um, Cinnamon I like, Toast I like Crunch. Captain Crunch with berries as well. No, get and rid of that. That stuff cuts cuts the roof of yeah. your mouth. If you have a mouth made of soft foam, maybe. <laughs> but after years of, of Captain Crunch. Gas station my- food. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> okay, so enough about breakfast cereals. When you guys were in grade school, did you guys ever do like the leprechaun, catch a leprechaun activities? No. No? Oh my gosh. I have such vivid memories when I was little. I remember we had to create a catch a leprechaun contraption and we all made them. We left them inside the classroom. We went to recess and when we came back, all of them had been triggered and there was a little Uh... piece of gold inside of them and it was just like, oh. 
Oh, that's cute. It was adorable. Uh, And then last year for St. Patrick's Day, we tried to color our toilet water green to... Oh, yes, goodness. but okay. green food coloring in the toilet turns blue after a little while. So Gwen saw it and was like, oh my gosh, leprechauns pee blue. And she went crazy. But uh, anyways, wow, uh, leprechauns, they're mischievous little buggers. And according to mythosfandom.com, the first reference of them is in a medieval story called The Adventures of Fergus, Son of Letty. And that's the mm. translated version. And in... In the story, it's very interesting. A king falls asleep on a beach, you guys. And then he wakes up and he's got three little leprechauns that are dragging him into the ocean to drown him. Nice. Yeah, and he's just like, this is ridiculous. And he's by the way, that's like super common in for whatever reason. Celtic mythology, like every creature wants to drown humans. It's insane. You know, they're like surrounded by water. Yeah, I guess that's part of me gets it. Part of me gets it, but Anyways, he's able to overtake these leprechauns and he's like, okay, I'll let you go, but you got to give me wishes. And they're like, okay, we'll give you three wishes in order to be free. And so, yeah, he, he's able to, I guess, get wishes. So anyways, you know what else leprechauns like to do other than give wishes to people? They don't like to give wishes to people, but guess what else they like to do? Still, it sounds like they like to drown them. <laughs> Maybe some. No, they like to make shoes, you guys. They're little cobblers. It keeps them busy. And this is another very vivid childhood memory. I didn't realize how many memories I have growing up that revolved around leprechauns. But in did you guys ever hear or go to Howard Curry Shoes when you were little in Lexington? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the one on Southland Drive, James. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you walk in there, Alex, and they have this little tree by the front door, but they also had this little room where there was a tree with a little leprechaun sitting inside making shoes. And when I was younger, I didn't realize it was a leprechaun, I don't think. I just thought it was a little, you know, person that made shoes, but it was motion activated. So you'd walk in the room and then it started dunk, dunk, making the little shoes. And then when you were leaving the shoe store after you bought some shoes, the tree as you were leaving would go, Thanks for buying the shoes, Cece. And say hello and bye and thank you. Oh, fun. Yes. It's was, it was a very warm, warm memory for me. But anyways, according to lex- lexiconographer and historian Patrick Deneen, leprechaun translates to pygmy or sprite or small mm. corp, small body. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Look her Small Pink body. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They're tiny. They're said to be three feet or shorter. They live underground in fairy hills. Some people liken them to fairies because they might might be fairies, who knows? But they're tiny. They like to make mischief. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to you know, be I, I'm with. surprised none of us covered that. Like what really is a fairy? Because like when we think of fairies, a lot of times in America we think of like pixies, like specifically. But really like a fae is just anything from the other world. So like a fairy can be monstrous and gigantic. A fairy can be, their anatomy can vary tremendously. They're just from uh, like beyond the veil, in other words. So it's not little little tinkerbells. They're, well, they're not to be messed with. When it comes to no. their appearance, again, they're small, but they're also said to have like the little beards. Alex mentioned the beards and 
most popular nowadays is wearing green. Way back when, they actually wore red. Oh. Yeah, they used to wear different colors, which gives me more like gnome vibes, but they used to wear mm-hmm. red. And I always, I picture them in little, you know, button up suits, little double breasted button suit. And <laughs> they also wear the little hats. And mm-hmm. they love treasure, you guys. Oh my gosh, do they love treasure. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a little gold, anything that's shiny. And they like to put their treasures where, Alex? In a pot of gold. In the in a pot of gold. At the end of a rainbow. At the end of a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of a rainbow. Wow. And so if you catch a leprechaun, you say, hey, take me to your treasure. Like, oh, at the end of the rainbow. But it's like, you know, there is no end of rainbow. So it's, mm. you know, it's tricky. It's tricky, tricky. Mm-mm. But yeah, if you catch one, they're said to have to wish you or to grant you a wish, just like the king in that one story where they kind of came from. But they find loopholes to granting your wishes. And one really popular story to illustrate this and I've seen different versions of this in these stories. The basic gist is somebody catches a leprechaun. Hey, take me to your treasure. And leprechaun's like, oh, okay, that'll be your wish. I'll take you to the treasure. And so they take him to the treasure and they get to the treasure. In some stories I've read that it was buried in a hole just in the middle of the field. And then I've mm-hmm. read some where it was buried underneath the tree. But the thing is that this person gets there and like, oh, it's the the leprechaun's like, oh, it's underground. And the person's like, oh, I need a shovel. Crap, I'm going to have to go get a shovel. Don't do anything with this treasure. Leave it right where it's at. I'm going to go get a shovel. Um, and I need you to tie a ribbon around this tree so that I remember what tree to come to. And the leprechaun's, okay, I won't touch it, I promise. And I'll tie a ribbon around the tree. And then the guy goes off to get a shovel. And then when he comes back, there's a ribbon around every single tree. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. tricky so that's they find basically just loopholes there's another really famous story where a guy wishes he catches leprechaun he wishes i want um i want to be king of my own island and so mm-hmm. the leprechaun's like okay you can be king of an island and then he gives him this tiny little island and he can't get off of it and he's the king but he's got no word of and that island was Okay. Uh, all right. So, like the, the leprechauns basically are very tricky. So, Alex, when you what, what was your wish? Your leprechaun wish again? Oh, that I just didn't want to need sleep. Yeah, I didn't want to need sleep. You, he would give you that wish, but he would also like you don't need it, but you're gonna want it, but you're not gonna be yeah, able to. That's what I was thinking. She's gonna monkey's paw. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. But that was anytime you make a wish, it's going to happen. You asked me what I had to ask for. I don't think that would happen with a squishmallow, but whatever. Oh no, you get that. You get that (laughs) naked, weird-looking leprechaun squishmallow. You'd be regretting it. If it were were creepy-looking, yeah, I wouldn't want anything. And then after sitting on it for a while, you realize that he's hiding inside of it. Oh my gosh, Alex! Oh my god. Okay, listen. I want to take us back to. A time where things were more simple. Okay, two thousand and six. Remember that, you guys, that year. Oh, I know where you're going. <clears throat> you know where this is going because it, it it pauses the question: Are leprechauns real? And for a short period of time in town here in America, Crichton, Alabama, 
Yep. People thought that leprechauns were real. And I'm sure everybody remembers this. And if you have not heard of this or seen this video, Whoa. look it up. Whoa. Viral news story. Crichton. Hilarious. Basically, the whole town, there was a tree. And they're like, oh, we saw a leprechaun in the tree. And it became a really famous news story because of the amateur leprechaun drawing that somebody drew of so the leprechaun that they saw. Yeah. It's one of the funniest things. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize this, but in 2014, a Texas radio show, the Bob and Don show, revisited that story, and they wanted to get to the bottom of what it really was, and so they did some investigative journalism, and they went and interviewed a whole bunch of people about what this was, and it turns out that there was a local little person named, and this- Oh my God. This was- This is the name. I didn't make up this name. This is the name that I read in all the news stories, but named- Midget Sean, <laughs> who oh supposedly wow. dressed up as a leprechaun and then sat in a tree as a prank, and people <laughs> saw it, and then that's where it all came from. That's amazing. Yes, yeah. this is incredible. If it's, I mean, if it's true. To be fair, if if you looked up in a tree and you saw a little person dressed in green garb, you're not gonna think, "Oh, that's a fun prank." You're gonna be like, "Oh my god, leprechaun!" <laughs> so. Yeah, like, are leprechauns real? I don't think we'll ever know, because mm. here in Crichton, it was just a little person in a tree. But, <laughs> I don't know, you guys. I, they might be, they might not be. We'll never know. We'll never know. But every time mm. I do see a, a rainbow in the sky, I will always think, I wonder, is there a pot of gold at the end? And that, you mm. guys, is just a little of information about leprechauns because there's a lot more just like james and alex's topics it's a very abbreviated version but there's a lot of information out there about irish mythology that is just so fascinating and like james said i highly recommend that you look further into it yeah yeah Yeah, the sword stories alone are like really cool Khaled bowl and clam soleil like the coolest sword stories ever sword stories well you guys that is Irish mythology. Anna B, I hope that we did your topic justice. Is there anything that you all want to add? No. <laughs> Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can buy his music on Amazon, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Spotify. Spotify. So, next, our next episode is going to be about Christmas monsters. So, we're going to take a brief break from our Patreon episodes. We'll return to it after the holidays but you guys until next week we hope that you can keep keep it straight. straight